It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, welcome to episode 205 of SwiftCast. This is Adam, Ashley, Steph, and Nate. And we have a great episode coming up for you guys. In our main discussion, we will be talking about Taylor Swift Now, which we've talked about before, but they have released some new content. So that's always exciting, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we wanted to mention our last two episodes. If for some reason you missed them, I highly recommend that you go back to 203 and 204 because they were awesome interviews and guests that we had. Episode 203, we had Charlie and Nate from the Switched on Pop podcast. And on that episode, we discussed and broke down the song, I Knew You Were Trouble. And it was just awesome. They had such a cool perspective to put on looking at the lyrics and how a song is built. And then last week on episode 204, we had an awesome interview with Brian Mansfield, who used to be a journalist for USA Today and has followed Taylor's career from the beginning. So he had a lot of awesome stories for us and some things that he thought would be upcoming regarding Taylor's new album, whenever it may come. Yeah, I had so much fun with both of these episodes. I actually went back to Switched on Pops podcast and listened to their Taylor episodes, and I thought they were great. I highly recommend that, too, if you have some free time. Yeah, they're just so smart about music, and it makes you realize just how much more there is to Taylor's music than what immediately occurs to us. I think two words sum up Switched on Pop very well. Uh, Mind-blowing. Seriously, if you have not listened to this episode, go and check it out. You would not be a Swifty otherwise. And as far as Brian Mansfield goes, uh, I unfortunately was not on the episode, but of course, listening to it later, what a wealth of knowledge this guy has of the music industry and specifically of what he thinks album six is going to be like. Uh, me as a listener, I mean, I was just fascinated at everything that he had to say. Yeah, and he definitely emphasized throughout the episode that he doesn't actually know anything, but I just trust and admire him so much just from the position that he has in the industry and feel really honored that he spent so much time talking to us. Yeah, me too. I loved every bit of that interview with him. He knows so much and is so willing to talk to Taylor's fans. It was just great. And he's been very patient with the amount of Twitter questions and comments that this episode has generated for him. (laughs) Well, we haven't done it for a while, but I believe that to kick off this episode, Nate has some trivia for us. Is that right? Oh, absolutely I do. Now, I always try to kind of tie in the trivia to our current episode. This one doesn't really have much to do with what we're talking about today, but it is just a really fun, interesting 
piece of information about Taylor. So let's see if you guys can get it this week. So my trivia question for you guys this week. What type of fruit does Taylor grow in the backyard of her Beverly Hills home? Wow. That's a really tough one. Hmm, I'm trying to think. Is this something that she might have answered in that Vogue 73 questions video or no? Perhaps. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought of. Oh, right. The the olive tree? No, no, no. Is that what you're talking about? That is not what I'm talking about. Okay. But this is her new house, her bigger, newer LA house. Yes, yes. You guys are getting closer. You said it's a fruit? Yeah, it's a fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess olives aren't fruits. <laughs> but you're right, Steph. She did talk about the olive tree in that video. I feel like I should know it, but when I hear the answer, I'll be like, oh, of course, but I can't think of it. Well, why don't you guys each give a solid guess, and then I'll tell you who got it right or wrong. Yeah, I guess since it's California, I'll just say strawberries. Oranges. I'm going to say tomatoes, and that might sound like a weird answer, but I think technically a tomato is a fruit, right? It is technically a fruit. Okay, so the answer is oranges. Ashley, you got it right. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I just think, I just thought that California promotes a lot about growing oranges. Well, it's actually really interesting because she didn't specifically talk about it in that 73 questions from Vogue video, but you can see the orange tree just sitting on Taylor's back patio, which is really cool. So I thought it was kind of hard, you know, uh, these trivia questions are, are not meant for average fans. So bonus round though, what is Taylor's favorite fruit? Cranberries. No, not quite. Well, cause I know she loves, she, or she used to love craisins a lot. Oh yeah, that's right. She did. She used to tweet about it a lot, right? Yeah, that's why I went with that. Anyone else? Any takers? I have no idea. I will say blueberries. Well, actually, Steph said it earlier. Strawberries. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, supposedly, anyway. I found it on the internet, so. Oh, so you don't have a legitimate source for that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was this on Wikipedia? or? Uh, I think it was just some random, like, back, you know, dark web website. Just kind of lingering <laughs> out there. So, eh, may or may not be true, but it's interesting. <laughs> well, thanks for those, Nate. Those are always fun. Let's now move into our segment about older tweets and Tumblr posts from previous years. Our first one comes from June 12th, 2009. Taylor tweeted, A bus dance party last night led to Amos being headbutted in the eye by Liz, hence him wearing a pirate eye patch tonight on stage. <laughs> Well, a year later, on June 13th, 2010, Taylor tweeted, Headed to my 13-hour meet-and-greet at the Bridgestone Arena. Had to turn around to go back and get my contacts. I really want to see today. I guess I didn't realize how good Taylor's vision was. I thought she was always unable to see really anything without her contacts. But I guess, at least in 2010, she was able to see somewhat without them. For me, I just would never be able to personally have to turn around to get my contacts because I wouldn't be able to find the door to get out of my house. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I kind of wonder if Taylor's vision has declined since 2010 and if now she cannot function without her contacts. But she doesn't really talk about it. 
And so that same day, she also tweeted, They brought me these bracelets and wrote on my arm as the hours passed. 14 and a half hours signing. Today was love. And the photo includes writing on Taylor's left arm with, you can't see it, but the number's one. And then you can see five up through 14 and a half. And it goes the whole way up to her shoulder. And then she has a ton of bracelets near her wrist. Wasn't it that she actually had the fans write that on her arm as uh, they got to those thresholds? I think so. I'm a little jealous of whoever wrote in Sharpie on Taylor's arm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but I am. (laughs) But Taylor's whole 13-hour, which actually ended up being 14-and-a-half-hour meet-and-greet, was so exciting and something that really had never been done before. Yeah, wasn't it that she met, like, over... I think it was 2,000 people just at this one meet and greet alone. It had to be. And people definitely have been hoping and campaigning ever since for her to do something like that again, but I just don't think it's probably possible for her to repeat. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Fame itself, well, it's great for people. I mean, has its drawbacks, so. Yeah, I think it would just be absolute madness if she tried it again. Could you imagine how many people would actually show up to it, too? (laughs) I mean, oh my god. (laughs) I would be one of those people who would camp out a week in advance just to get a good spot at this meet and greet. Well, our next tweet for you guys comes from June 13th, 2011. Taylor tweeted, Just played the last night of CMA Music Fest. Um, You guys were amazing. Then I went home and baked until 2.41 a.m. An eventful night. That's such an obscure number. I don't I don't know why she wrote that. <laughs> I guess she just wanted to be very accurate. It is something interesting, though, because Taylor often references 2 a.m. Uh, in her songs and in tweets and all kinds of things. So you're right. She does. Example of that. And our next one is from June 22nd, 2012. Taylor said, went to get coffee today, opened my change purse, seashells fell out. Barista goes, sorry, we only take cash or credit, so there's that. (laughs) Our next one is a long-lost Vine, because Vine does not exist anymore. But Taylor wrote, it's summer, isn't it? And it was a Vine of her and Selena Gomez eating ice cream together. That was such a good Vine, and it makes me sad that it's not available anymore. If I remember correctly, that was in Mystic, Connecticut, right? Right. Yeah, which is only like 30 minutes away, not even from Taylor's Rhode Island mansion. And it's weird, Steph. I know you said it's not able to be accessed anymore, but if you go look up the tweet on Twitter's website, the Vine still does work. Um, It must just not work through the Vine website or the Vine app anymore, but you can still see it. Oh, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it will always stay like that. Well, on June 12th of 2014, right after Taylor finished up the Red Tour in Tokyo, she wrote the following. And this was really, I think, kind of just groundbreaking and gave fans a lot of hope. Because when she wrapped the Red Tour, we really had no idea what was happening next. And so Taylor wrote, just so you know, dot, dot, dot. And she included a photo of a quote from C.S. Lewis and she had written out the quote. The quote is, there are far, far better things ahead 
than any we leave behind. And at that time, people were just really upset about the Red Era ending. We all loved it so much. And I think we all were just feeling a little bit sad. But then Taylor left us this message to kind of wrap up the Red Era and just give us assurance, I think. And Taylor never leads us astray. I think the 1989 era was fantastic and in my head I think of this quote when I think about the next album six era because Taylor just has a way of getting better and better with each album and each era. And isn't it kind of crazy to think that we only had to wait two months from then until 1989 was announced and how long we've been waiting now? That is crazy. (laughs) Right. Especially because the 1989 tour wrapped in December of 2015. I used to think that the off-season was the longest stretch of time ever. Seemingly like it would never end. And then this (laughs) (laughs) off-season Seriously, cannot wait for new music. Seriously, December of 2015. I mean, yes, she did some things in 2016 and 2017, but they were few and far between. Yeah, we've been waiting a long time. You know, it's just going to make album six that much better. I think so, yeah. Well, our next one comes from June 14th, 2014. Taylor tweeted, At a certain level of jet lagged, I just start answering all of my business emails with, I'll do whatever I want. I love this tweet (laughs) because it's sassy Taylor. It is sassy Taylor. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) I hope she still does this. Well, and knowing what we know now, she was, I'm sure, referring to getting ready for 1989. She had just come back from Tokyo to finish up the Red Tour. So I always wonder exactly what she was responding to, what kind of email she got where she wanted to say that. I have an idea that I just thought of that it could be related to, and it could be completely wrong, but it's possible. Oh, what's that? Maybe she got an email from Scott saying that he wanted a couple of country songs on the album. And she's like, nope, I'll do whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah, that's my best guess, too, because she's made it quite clear that she had to fight with her label on that point. But I don't know. I think it's a really good guess, though. Whatever it was, uh, definitely birthed the 1989 era. So no complaints here. The next one is one that I'm sure we all remember very well. On June 18th, 2014, Taylor tweeted, Meet Olivia Benson. And it was the very first picture of Taylor holding Olivia. She's so tiny. (laughs) This is such an iconic picture, too. I just kind of always admire that Taylor got her to pose so perfectly for it. Yeah, Olivia's just looking up at her. Kind of like, hey, mom. It's hard to believe that was three years ago. Moving into the 1989 era, on June 12th, 2015, Taylor wrote, Echo Smith sang Cool Kids with me in Philly. Yes. And that was a great one. I remember seeing highlights of that, and it's one of my favorites. I wish I had gone to those shows. I live in Pennsylvania, but for whatever reason, I couldn't make it to those, both of them. Yeah, the next day, Taylor had Rachel Platten in Philadelphia, and Taylor tweeted, 
A huge highlight of the 1989 World Tour was singing Fight Song with the beautiful and perfect Rachel Platten tonight. And I actually got to see that, and it was pretty awesome. It's so funny because I remember at the time thinking that I wasn't familiar with that song, and now I'm sure there's nobody who hasn't heard that song. Yeah, the song really just blew up. I think it was steadily climbing, and then once Rachel performed it with Taylor, it just... I think the next day it was just probably number one on iTunes or something. I always like to see the effect of Taylor bringing out guests because it seemed like it always happened where whoever she had, whatever song was performed, it would climb up the charts on iTunes. Yeah, she has that power. That's for sure. So our next one comes from June 13th, 2015, and Taylor tweeted, just a reminder that 1989 came out in October, and you are still doing this, and I love you. And she tweeted a picture to go, go along with this of both Bad Blood at number one and the number one album being 1989 on iTunes. And she cut it off, but for music videos, you can see the screenshot is definitely from Bad Blood. Oh yeah, you can. Check that You're right. out. Hmm. She couldn't fit all of that success onto one screenshot. <laughs> Our next post is from June 14th, 2015. Taylor wrote, Olivia Benson meeting Olivia Benson. And it was Mariska Hargitay, who plays Olivia Benson on Law & Order, meeting Taylor's cat, Olivia. And she's giving Olivia treats, and Taylor is commentating and saying that everything seems to be going well so far. That was pretty awesome. They should have the two of them along with... Meredith and Ellen Pompeo all together. That would be pretty cool. Well, a lot of Taylor's friends have been quite busy lately, so we'll give you some updates on some of them in our segment, Squad Tweets. Our first one is from Lord on June 15th, and she tweeted, Melodrama is officially out everywhere. I don't even know what to say. This is my heart. Oh, and North America, I would never forget about you. Let's dance. And she included a link to tour dates, so you can go check those out. I know pre-sales and I think official sales have already been going on. And I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the album yet, which is terrible, I know. But I know that Ashley's <laughs> been listening to it 24-7. I have, and I've bought my tickets, and I'm very excited. <laughs> Any specific commentary on the album any songs that we should be checking out well so all of them. yeah all of them um the album is 11 songs which is kind of short but some of the songs themselves are very long and it's definitely an album that at least once you should listen to straight through because it really does tell a complete story and it's just some really great songwriting and it's on all the streaming services, so it's pretty easy to listen to. So I would say at least once, listen to the whole thing in order. So on a similar note, Jack Antonoff has been gushing recently because he was a large part of melodrama. Uh, and so in a series of tweets, he ended up saying on June 16th that melodrama is out and I'm so proud it's in the world. Ella is a brilliant writer and producer. We produced every little thing together. There was not a hat sound or breath that Ella didn't tweak. The detail on every sound, lyric, and take is what makes me so proud of what we did. Lastly, this album was made mostly at home. When I listen, I hear all the conversations and life that led to these songs. 
What do you think he means by there was not a hat sound or breath that Ella didn't tweak? Do you think that means they were using different kind of sounds? I know that when Taylor had the behind the scenes footage before the tour started for 1989, she would show all the weird things that they did to make different sounds on 1989. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of that. And I wish that I was smarter, like the guys from Switched on Pop, to like actually explain. But they're just such unique sounding songs. And there's so many layers to them that I, I really can't do it justice. But if you listen to it, I think you'll hear what he means. There's like nothing generic sounding. It's all just like very, very unique sounds for each song. Hmm. So I had to look it up uh, what this hat sound was. I just Googled it. Uh, and apparently a hi-hat, if this is what he's referring to, uh, is a combination of two symbols. Uh, you know, uh, you see that foot pedal with the symbols that kind of clang together. Right. Yeah. I I was a drummer. Yeah, you should know, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I we never would call it a hat sound. Oh. We just, it was a hi-hat. Yeah, this is the first I've ever heard, right? But that does make sense, so. It's interesting, though. It could honestly be like a literal hat, like a baseball cap. <laughs> well, yeah, I was immediately thinking of, like I said, that video where Taylor and I think Max Martin or they're stomping their feet around and it's really funny. But the other cool thing about this is how he said the album was mostly made at home. And we know that when Taylor worked with him, they were in his apartment for most of the time working on this together. Yeah, it seems like that's where he does most of his work, including for his own album for Bleachers. And I think that's what I admire so much about Jack is that he can produce such great work without a fancy studio. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Doesn't he seem like the type of guy that you just want to be friends with and hang out with? Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He seems like such a cool, just like regular chill guy who I would want to hang out with. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely got that impression seeing him live also. Well, yeah, and even just the way Taylor talks about how they were hanging out and that's how I Wish You Would came about because he was just randomly talking about this track he had. Well, I can only hope it will lead to more Jack Antonoff on album six. Yeah, I know when we were talking to Brian, I was saying that I wonder if... Taylor continues to work with Max Martin and Shellback if that will limit her creatively at all. And I'm not sure, but I feel like with Jack, that wouldn't happen. I feel like he's always just full of new creative ideas. Yeah, none of his work sounds the same to me. I don't really think Max Martin and Johan Shellback have that problem either, but with Jack, everything really sounds very different to me. Well, our next one is just something funny from Kelsey Ballerini. On June 16th, she tweeted, How many Chick-fil-A nuggets is too many? Because I'm on 15 right now and could keep going. (laughs) I like that tweet. I thought it sounded like an old Taylor tweet. It definitely does. Yeah, she used to have a lot about food, about donuts, all kinds of food. Our next tweet is from Selena Gomez, and she said that the Bad Liar music video is now out. Have you guys seen it yet? I haven't seen it, but I do know that Selena included Taylor in her own way in the music video. So I've seen screenshots of that where there are different posters of Taylor. And the one poster looks like 
Taylor performing Welcome to New York with her sunglasses on during the 1989 World Tour. The other one, though, is a photo that I've never seen, and it's Taylor with two other women who I, I don't know who they are. The photo's kind of far away. You can't really tell. But Taylor looks different. So, of course, a lot of people are now speculating, well, could this be promotional work that Taylor shot for album six? I don't know. It seems like a stretch. But it is a photo that I've never seen before. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, and I had the same thought. So wasn't there one more that was, I think, just the 1989 album cover? That was in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Selena Gomez was a producer of that. And in episode 10 of 13 Reasons Why, there's the 1989 album cover. So it's kind of cool that Selena's including Taylor and a lot of her stuff these days in her own discreet ways. And the music video is really cool, and it's doing really well. In 11 days, it has reached over 50 million views. And go check it out if you haven't yet. Selena plays, I believe, four different characters in the video. Um, She has different outfits for all of them, and she portrays all the different characters, and it's a cool video. Well, our last tweets are from Haim. They had two exciting tweets. First, they tweeted the link to watch their video for Want You Back, which is the first single that they've released from their new album. And then their second tweet was a link to their newest single called Little of Your Love. And their new album comes out on July 7th. So that's really soon. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with this new album. It's so interesting how many of Taylor's friends right now have new music or new albums or new singles or or whatever. Uh, it, that's just crazy to me. It really is a lot, yeah. She's going to have nobody to compete with <laughs> when this album comes out. It's almost as if they all had a big meeting and agreed. <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> on one side, Taylor Swift's friends on the other side. <laughs> Well, last week, since we had our interview with Brian Mansfield, we did not do our regular segments. So there is some news to catch you guys up on, and Nate will take the first one. Yeah, so the first one is actually from Rolling Stone. They have included the 1989 World Tour on its list of the 50 greatest concerts of the last 50 years. That's pretty high praise. That is insane praise. I mean... Stretching back 50 years, do you know how many amazing concerts there are? Like the birth of concerts as we know them today. I mean, you think about these, you know, monoliths, uh, Woodstock, Live Aid, and 1989 is, is on that list. I mean, that's insane. But you do have to admit, don't you think maybe even 20 years from now, we can brag to everybody and say, well, I saw the 1989 tour live and people will be like, wow, yeah. that's crazy. You were lucky enough to see that. Kind of like, I guess, maybe a Michael Jackson show or a Prince show kind of a thing. Yeah, or Elvis or... Yeah, that's another good example. I think Taylor is just already a legend. I know I'm biased. (laughs) Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, she's not even 30 yet. Yeah, I've I've always thought that. I definitely still think that. (laughs) Do we know where she ranked on this list? They actually didn't rank them. They just put the 50 greatest concerts. They, okay. I think, alphabetized them, so it wasn't in any order. Oh, gotcha. Well, then I like to think that she was number one. So, 
Well, there's a Twitter page called Chart Data, and they tweeted this past week that Taylor is the most successful Billboard 200 artist of the century. And that is pretty cool. I don't know exactly what data they are going by, but if they're talking about Billboard 200, I'm sure it's related to album sales and single sales. And to top it off, of the century, she's the most successful? That's pretty insane. Yeah, because even though we're only 17 years into the century, she didn't really burst onto the scene until 2006. Well, I wonder, it might have to do with our next bit of news, which, as you guys may know, Taylor released all of her back-cataloged albums onto Spotify, and so after doing that, four of Taylor's albums are now on the Billboard 200. Uh, 1989 clocks in at number 31, Red at number 88, Fearless at number 119, and Speak Now at number 133. So that is pretty crazy. And you know, of these albums, I'm actually surprised that Speak Now doesn't rank a little bit higher. Uh, I mean, it just had such big songs on that album, widely known songs. I'm just speculating, but I've, I've thought that it may have even beat out Fearless, even though, you know, that had some pretty big songs as well. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think they all should be number one, personally, but it is kind of odd because Speak Now did have some really big singles, not just on country, but also on pop radio. Well, the other thing, too, um, just going back and, and listening to our interview from last week, um, I remember that Ashley distinctly said, which I agree with, that you got to think about how many people now are exposed to all of these older albums and how many new fans Taylor's just going to get just from listening to Red and Fearless and Speak Now, even if they've only ever listened to 1989 before, uh, or even just a few songs here and there. I think it's really cool that so many more people are exposed to all of her albums now. Well, case in point, I was walking down the street the other day, and somebody in their car, just sitting there, was blasting Sparks Fly. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That is awesome. (laughs) That has never happened. (laughs) I thought I was imagining it. And I have to assume that it was somebody streaming it, because that's just not a song that you hear very much. No, unless they had it on a CD. Did you run up to the car and make friends with them? I didn't. I probably should have. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. a missed opportunity. Well, our next piece of news is also related to Spotify. Taylor's songs, since they've been on there, have generated $400,000 in revenue. And that's not very surprising, but just shows what a great decision that was for her at this time. And I don't even think those numbers included a full week, or maybe it included one full week, but... I think we'll see when we get more data just how much of an impact her songs will have on streaming services. Exactly. How much revenue they will generate over the course of a month or a year. It'll be a lot. And we will be right back with our main discussion. So for our main discussion today, we wanted to talk about the new content that has been posted on Taylor Swift Now. And we talked all about Taylor Swift Now in two different episodes. We did half of Taylor Swift Now on episode 184 and the other half on episode 193. So if you want to hear more about Taylor Swift Now, go and listen to those episodes. But to get started, Taylor Swift Now posted three new clips and their full songs from Taylor's concert in October 
in Austin, Texas. And a quick reminder, if you want to hear all about that concert, which some of our hosts attended, that is episode 175, so you can go hear all about it there. But the three songs that were posted were Holy Ground, Style, and Wildest Dreams, Enchanted. And I just have to say, because I did not attend this concert, it was such a treat to be able to watch a live HD performance of Holy Ground. It was so good. Oh my god, imagine being there. (laughs) Yeah. It was crazy. you i'm so glad that we got an hd version of this uh to reminisce in for the rest of our lives i mean to actually see this one in person to me i mean i was just completely shocked when she started singing this and you know she did it for the fans you absolutely know she did but anyway it was awesome yeah i remember also being surprised but taylor does really love holy ground she also included it as a secret song on the 1989 world tour so i do think she really likes the song but i also think she knows the fans love holy ground so it is really nice that we have an hd version of the song especially because as we often complain about on this podcast we don't have a red tour dvd so this is actually the first time we have an hd video of a song from the red era if you don't count trouble and we are never and before the austin show i probably would have said we are never going to hear holy ground again but now i think it is possible that we might hear it again as a secret song or just on occasion i hope so and i love how the crowd reacted when you could tell that the beginning notes of the song were being played and how excited they were and then it was great to see all the fans singing along and knowing all the words I mean, of course, the diehard Swifties will know all the words, but that concert was huge, and I'm sure there was a lot of casual fans there, but it was great to see. Oh, yeah, wasn't it like 80,000 people, I'm pretty sure? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. You know, another one of these performances that they put up on there, which um, I think we can all agree, uh, the Wildest Dreams Enchanted performance, first of all, that it's just amazing. Everybody loves it. But secondly, uh, the fact that Taylor continued to play this after the 1989 tour. Uh, This was the 1989 tour performance uh, that, I mean, I've seen, you know, uh, however many times, but the fact that I thought that once the tour was over, it was done, and then going back and and getting a nice revisit to it, it was just awesome. I mean, it'll never get old in my eyes. No, it will never get old. Don't you let it go, I'm to 
that I think I'll really miss because like what Ashley just said about Holy Ground, I feel like we'll never hear this specific version again. So it's nice to have an HD version of it available through Taylor Swift now and also through Apple Music with the 1989 World Tour video. And I can say the same thing about Style. I mean, we've all seen Style before on the 1989 tour plenty of times and it still remains one of my favorite performances. It's just a great, great song that she does really great justice to. put on in the future uh is the sparks fly piano version how cool would that be i mean seriously yeah that would be a throwback for sure yeah and that was an awesome performance just really unexpected but so perfect there's another one just like holy ground where i'm like is this actually happening right now (laughs) (laughs) and for me i would throw in there the we are never bad blood mashup i thought that was brilliant Oh, yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that one back up. I loved that performance. I do hope she incorporates that mashup into future tours. I thought it was great. So I just want to reiterate what Adam said about going back and re-listening to episode 175. We had an awesome time at this concert, and we recorded it right after it was done. And really, you get the full in-depth experience of what it was like to be at that concert. And to me, worth every penny of that trip, all of my time. I mean, it was it was amazing. Please, if you have not listened to it, go back and, and check out that episode. And the other content that Taylor Swift now posted is not new content, but it was still awesome to go back and watch. It was four different performances from the CMA Awards through the years. And it begins all the way back 10 years ago in 2007 with Taylor performing our song, It also includes 2009's performance of 15, 2012's performance of Begin Again, and 2013's performance of Red, along with Vince Gill, Alison Krauss, Edgar Meyer, and Eric Darkin. So which one of those four was each of your favorites? Oh, wow. We have to pick a favorite? (laughs) I know. That's a tough thing to do. Um, It is tough, but I would go with the Red performance because it was just such a different version of the song and i thought it was fantastic and it's kind of it kind of makes me feel nostalgic because that was the last time taylor ever performed on the cma award show and she also made available the song on itunes so i downloaded it and i listened to that song quite a bit Yeah, I'm totally going to agree with you on that, Steph. Uh, Red, hands down, of these ones, uh, absolutely my favorite. I do want to speak a little bit to Begin Again, though. Um, Was that not the first time she ever performed Begin Again? It was. Right, yeah. 
which obviously is a humongous deal for any song that Taylor comes out with. Well, and the way she did the performance, I liked because she had the theme going and she wore the red dress for Red. It was shortly after Red was released as an album and it just fit the song so well. And I remember during that specific award show, because Red was just released, everybody was really excited for Taylor. And at the beginning, they were all talking about Red. I think Miranda Lambert said when she accepted an award, maybe, that she could not stop listening to Red. Oh yeah, I remember that. So that was just kind of a nice show in general in 2012. And the performance was very much related to the music video because it was a uh, Paris backdrop. The Eiffel Tower was there. Uh, the clothing was kind of old-fashioned, kind of like the music video was. So there was a lot of similarities there. I'm sad that that song ended up getting cut from the Red Tour set list um, at a certain point. Yeah, I would love to hear her sing that just unexpectedly as a secret song someday. That would be cool. Yeah. Because it was a single, and it did really well on country radio. Yeah, it did. I could definitely see it showing up as a secret song in the future. I don't think all hope is lost for it yet. Oh, I agree, 100%. After seeing Taylor revive certain songs, both in Austin and in Houston, I mean, uh, I want to say anything could happen. And looking back at the 2009 performance of 15, if you don't remember, it was a cool performance that was very simple it was just taylor and a guitar uh back at the back of the arena kind of like a b stage with lots of fans surrounding her holding signs uh and i think it was very similar to the fearless tour performance because that's pretty much what she did on that tour right right she did 15 on the b stage at the fearless tour and then finally, our song, way back from 2007, it was fun to watch just because of really how much Taylor has changed in those 10 years. You know, she had on uh, boots and a dress and her sparkly sequined guitar and her long curly hair and more of a, a country accent. And it's great to watch that because of how different she is now. She was great back then as country and she's great now as pop. But it's cool to go back and see the differences. I'm nodding my head right now after you said the country accent. <laughs> One of my favorite things about Taylor is that, is that accent. And the set for that was cool because it looked like a flower in a way. It was just a pretty cool performance. And then also you, you have to admit the sparkly guitar. I definitely missed the sparkly guitar. Taylor actually brought the sparkly guitar out in a segment for Taylor Swift now. So if you haven't seen that, you should check that out too. She's just talking about how they glued each piece onto that guitar and how they would have to keep extras available because they would fall off all the time. So they would just glue them back on then. It sounded like a lot of work, but I love that guitar. Oh, me too. And I'm so glad that she still has it. Yeah, I think it's been displayed in a lot of different museums since then. So wait, talking about all these, um, Adam, which one was your favorite performance? I would say our song, just because of the the nostalgia factor. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you. Well, of all the performances, I would obviously have to say that the red one was my favorite because I was actually there. So that wins. That's pretty significant. 
that's pretty awesome. I actually forgot that you were there. Were you pretty close to the stage or? No, I was pretty far away, but I mean, as it turned out, that was the last time Taylor was really performing at the awards, so I'm glad that I got to go at all. Well, I think it's cool that they keep adding content to this. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how they added Taylor's visit to where she filmed the Love Story music video, which was really awesome. So I think it's definitely positive. They keep adding to this, and I think, like Brian on our episode last week said, the focus is on the music, and I think that means new music is coming. Definitely, and I hope that in the future they continue to add episodes to this. I mean, even throughout like album six would be awesome, because everything that they've released so far has been super interesting. Exactly. It's always good for us to get new content, and so far, Taylor Swift now has delivered. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to subscribe to us on iTunes. It will then download the latest episode for you automatically. And also be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating because that helps other Taylor fans like yourself find our show easier. You can reach us in a variety of ways. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at SwiftCast13. You can email us SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. And you can visit our website, which is SwiftCast13.com. Well, before signing off of this episode, we want to make a couple of predictions. Taylor has always had in the past a 4th of July party, and this is our last episode before the 4th of July, so we wanted to make our predictions now. She's been so MIA lately. Do you guys think that she'll have a party at her house like she has in the past? I'm going to say no, she won't, unfortunately. I disagree. I'm holding strong. I think she's still going to do it. Taylor still has friends. It's not like yeah, just because it's the off season, she won't be seen. I don't know. Then again, I you know I have a special bias towards Rhode Island, but really, seriously, I would love to see a party. Yeah, I'm trying to remember last year in 2016, I think she was probably still pretty quiet, not doing too much, and she still did have the party. So I'm going to have to agree with Nate and say that she, she does have something. Um, I'm kind of torn on this. I kind of think she will because it's been such a kind of just mainstay in in her life. She's huge into the 4th of July and every year it's been her thing. So it's hard to imagine her not doing it. But on the other hand, she's been so quiet. I just don't know. And if she does do it, I don't know that it will be in Rhode Island. Yeah, maybe she'll change up the location. It's possible. Well, especially because there have been all these rumors flying around about her maybe having a house in the UK, although I really don't see her having a 4th of July party in the UK, so I don't know. Yeah, that'd be a crazy way to announce that she had a house there. Yeah, I don't know the truth in any of that. You know how it goes. These tabloids just print stories up, so I don't know. I'm excited to see, though, and I hope we'll have something to report next week on our episode. All I'm saying is, Taylor, you better bust out the water slide. That's always fun, and we always get some great pictures and videos from that. Well, thank you guys again for listening. For episode 205, this has been Adam. Ashley. Steph. And Nate. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. See ya.
Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.